Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, November 8th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone, and happy Election Day here in the United States. To all my fellow U.S. listeners out there, I hope you voted. To all my international listeners out there, hey, where are you tuning in from? Analytics shows me that the top five international listeners are in Canada, Australia, the U.K., Mexico and Zimbabwe. What up? That's awesome. Love all of you guys out there. Love everyone who listens to this show. So big shout out to all of you who listen and tune in. I'd love to know where you're from and how you're listening, where you're at. Drop me a line at podcast at travelpulse.com and let me know where you're from. And I'll definitely reach out back. And and I love hearing from you guys. So we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking big news around the world of travel and recognizing the 2022 Travi Award winners. Last week was a busy one, so it was lovely to relax at home this weekend with the fam, but relaxing on vacation is always better, am I right? So speaking of relaxation, you can discover relaxation and romance with the Excellence Collection. Explore tailored vacation experiences in eight all-inclusive resorts set on some of the most stunning beaches in Cancun, the Riviera Maya, Punta Cana, and Montego Bay. Enjoy an ambiance of love in the couples-only beloved hotels, adults-only exclusivity in Excellence Resorts, and fun for all ages at finest resorts. Choose your ideal tropical paradise today. Visit theexcellencecollection.com for more information. So joining me on the show now is Brian Major, the managing editor for Digital Publications and Guides and the Caribbean here at TravelPulse.com. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Thank you very much, Eric. Glad to be here as always. Indeed, we got some good stuff to talk about. But first, Brian, you you have some big news for uh, 2023 podcast stuff, right? What's that? What's that about? I sure do. Hey, I want to let everyone know that the Complete Caribbean podcast, I know you all missed it. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. It will be returning in 2023. It will star myself. And of course, as always, it will be a full look at the Caribbean travel landscape, destinations, suppliers, and of course, talking about two travel advisors as well. So please, if you are interested in learning more about it, what it's going to be like, uh, shoot me an email at bmajor at ntmllc.com or uh, you can look at my social media, bmajor traveling on Instagram and Twitter and uh, certainly uh, or contact Eric, who is our uh, executive editor, uh, and we'll give you more details. It's coming up. It's going to be great. Yeah, looking forward to that. Podcast at travelpulse.com is another email you can... opportunities as well. Yes, so indeed. Yes. Yeah, so if you're in- interested in that at all, you know, Hit us up, and uh, we look forward to relaunching that in 2023. It's it's a good it's a good time, and everyone loves the Caribbean, right? It's it's hard to it's hard not there, to. Right? There it's, you it's go. Beautiful. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. So Brian and I are we're gonna dive into the top trending news from the last week here in the world of travel, and we begin with the eighth annual Travi Awards, aka the Oscars of the travel industry. We kicked off the awards season run. Indeed, we kicked it off and with a big party down in the Hilton Fort Lauderdale Marina, and it was it was a good time man your, your thoughts on the event brian it was another just great night uh particularly you know in light of us being able to now get together uh in person uh, our industry relies on the travel industry relies on social interaction and we need to talk to each other to uh for a multitude of reasons and and we all work together all the time across borders across lines so uh it's it was great to see everyone again and uh you know we had Eric, we had pretty much every major company represented in some fashion. So, you know, it was it was a big deal. Yeah, it's the place to be in the travel industry for sure. So 
it was it was a, a fun time different venue for us this time being at the hilton fort lauderdale marina so uh we'll be back Work in out. 2023 <laughs> yeah so it'll be uh, it, it was fun, you know. It was a different venue. The cocktail hour was was fun too. Different setup. It's it's nice, you know. It's uh it's, it's launched, you know, several years ago in uh, Gotham Hall, in New York City, and then now, you know, with COVID kind of reshaped things. Used to be in January, so now it's in November. Be you know, everything changed with the pandemic, so we've rolled with it, and now we are in November, and it kind of kicks off the award season. So it was a fun stuff, and we are going to dive into the winners here a little bit and share our thoughts and some takeaways. So big winners on the night. Allianz Global Assistance took home the award for best travel insurance provider and best travel insurance customer service overall. So, which is very key in today's world. Customer service is so important. So, uh, kudos to them. Congrats. Uh, Royal Caribbean won 11 Travi awards, including eight golds. Wow. Yeah. Best large and best contemporary cruise line, best cruise ship and wonder of the seas, the current world's largest, and uh, best uh, cruise entertainment, just to name a few for them. ALG Vacations took home 12 Travi Awards in the Tour Operator and Vacation Package categories, with uh, the big one being Funjet Vacations winning gold for the best overall Tour Operator package. Uh, since they're also the parent company of AMR Collection, you're going to add four more to that total, really, since Dreams and Secrets won All some right, Travis and AMR Collection won gold for best hotel chain overall. So also, you know, shout out to the uh, uh, big awards, uh, individual awards, too. We had Discover Puerto Rico CEO Brad Dean was awarded the Executive of the Year, and Howard Tannenbaum, Senior Vice President of Sales at Playa Hotels and Resorts, was given the Hall of Fame Award, and they had really great speeches on that so brian your thoughts on the, the on the winners um anything beyond the big ones stand out to you what were your thoughts on the winners well certainly i have to represent my category and uh, mention <clears throat> a couple of really you know big winners uh, yeah. certainly in the category of hotels and when you're talking about resorts in the caribbean you know you're usually talking about sandals to lead the category and they did again and with multiple awards for sandals and beaches and uh you know they added a new property within the last year uh, in Curacao, and uh, when a sandals comes to a destination, they bring more airlift. They bring more attention to the destination. It really jumpstarts tourism. And Curacao posted surprise, surprise, record visitor arrivals uh, subsequent to the opening of the sandals resort. So sandals, give us some kudos. Um, Jamaica. Certainly, uh, Visit Jamaica, uh, always one of the most active and strong tourism boards. Same goes for Discover Puerto Rico. I mean, I know we, we mentioned them, and Brad is the executive of the year, well-deserved, but it, the way they've applied their programs has been beyond, you know, traditional marketing, heavy social media, heavy uh, use of anything that is a, a way to reach people where they, where they look today, where they are today. And uh, be honest, Discover Puerto Rico got a lot of money from the government, but but they're spending that money, you know, in a, in a positive way, clearly, and promoting tourism. They, the, the numbers prove it. So, you know, I, I mean, those are those are a couple of them. Jade Mountain uh, is uh, run by a friend of mine, Carolyn Trebeskoy, and her husband, uh, Nick. Uh, so that's a great resort. I have to also, uh, you know, just uh, shout out to um, to all the Caribbean winners. All the destinations are, I don't want to start naming them because I'm going to leave somebody out, but uh, all of our, our destination winners are deserving this year because the Caribbean really came back strong. 
It really did. Yeah, it had a good bounce back. It, it, you mentioned, you know, the importance of getting together, and it's it's so nice to just be able to get in touch with people again and, and be able to hug people again. And so, like, last year, you know, it was sort of into that, but there were still, like, protocols and COVID stuff and everything. But this year, it was, we, we were all, it was just all a joyful time to get back together. And, and you mentioned- You and I were standing next to each other. Yeah, saying, yeah, we were, were up on saying, this. Yeah, we couldn't probably do this. Like, I was like, yeah, it's funny how things, you know, change. Right, yeah, and you speaking of the Caribbean, just to mention the top winners there in the Caribbean Best Destination overall category, you had Jamaica won gold, Puerto Rico won silver, and Aruba won bronze Aruba. there. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's so many great islands in the Caribbean. So I mean, just just totally of true. that three though, Brian, I mean, I'm curious, you know, which which Caribbean destination that's not in that that we didn't mention there and that took home a gold, silver, or bronze, which uh, which one do you think has the has the stuff to crack the top three next year? <laughs> wow you mean among the three <clears throat> among the three winners or just no no me? anyone else can is there a, is there a destination well, you I think, think that barbados maybe has got a shot then if, if it's anybody barbados has got a shot you know in the future they've they've uh you know done a better job not that they did a bad job i shouldn't say that they've done a they've concentrated on historically on the uk market and uh this these this year they've made a great effort to um to work into the um U.S. market through traditional marketing, and then also through the the diaspora, the diaspora uh, of Asian people who who live in the U.S. and uh, you know have Asian roots. So, uh, and I think it's been fruitful for them, and you know, uh, so they they got a sh- they've got a shot. So maybe uh, Barbados, always Saint Kitts and Nevis, always a contender. Uh, you know, that's uh, you know uh, that's a big that's a big deal. Saint Kitts and Nevis, very popular, very rewarding kind of experience so we'll see if the competition is fierce eric the competition it is yeah there's a lot so, to love in the, in the caribbean yeah. so these are all voted on by uh these are all voted on by travel advisors the real travel influencers out there so that's what they picked for the caribbean this time but yeah next year things can change destinations get out your get your word out spread the word that uh, about this and yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, shout out to Dominican Republic. I think they could there have the go. potential there. That's another one. I mean, we could list off every oh, single man. island in the Caribbean, and they, I mean, they're all contenders for sure. Um, for me, I got to give a, a, a shout out to the best culinary destinations. You know me, I love the food, Bowman's Bites, uh, best culinary destination go. in the U.S. I'll, I'll keep it home here. There's a few others. Uh, TraviAwards.com is where you can find all the winners. So um, if you disagree with any of you know, the list, you know, take it up there and spread the word and vote next year and everything. But for me, a yeah, best culinary destination in the U.S., shout out to New Orleans. They won gold. Las Vegas took home silver uh, and greater Miami area won for bronze on that. I love New Orleans. I love their food, everything about it. Vegas kind of surprised me there, I guess, with silver. But, you know, um, they do have a lot of fantastic restaurants out there, a lot of expensive restaurants out there, too. So, you know, that's one thing. <laughs> gotcha. But, hey, there's, I mean, you know, when you... At food the food game is is interesting with the pricing on things but uh, that's that seems like a whole other podcast i could do one day but um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a topic for a a podcast yeah <laughs> yeah hey wait wait never never been to las vegas you've ne- oh my gosh earth this is earth shattering news to me brian has never know, been bizarre. all right it's we're gonna have to get you to vegas next year i know I, I work in the travel industry somehow like uh, my family, people who are not even in the travel industry, all Las Vegas. So I don't know, just weird. But I'll get there. I'll get all right, there. yeah, we got to get Brian to I'm Vegas not, in I'm 2023. Vegas at by any measure. Right, yeah, you just haven't been there. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of your travels take you to the Caribbean, so they have not really any Caribbean events in in Vegas. So we're gonna have to we'll we'll find a way to get you to <laughs> Vegas 
Next year, Brian. We're going to have to do that. So, yeah. Other highlights for me on the winners, uh, La Casa de la Playa won five Travis, three golds, one silver, and one bronze. Playa Hotels and Resorts, their Hyatt Ziva and Zilar brands took home six awards. Costa Rica was among the biggest margin of victory at all, uh, overall, all the categories there for best destination in Central and South America. They kind of swept that there. People love them. And Greece was also the big winner over in Europe. They won in the best in Mediterranean and the best in Europe. They kind of swept up Europe there. So Greece is uh, is what the advisors are loving out there. So again, yeah, if you disagree with the results, you know, vote and spread the word next year. Voting will open up in July of 2023 for next year's awards. TraviAwards.com for all their results. Last week, we also had Cruise World. The massive event brings together the top cruise industry for panels and workshops and the ever-popular trade show floor. That was kind of, uh, there was a lot of cruise news last week, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, Brian, your, your thoughts on the event. What stood out to you? Well, I thought Cruise World was extremely successful in enabling the leadership of the cruise industry to set the table for what they expect in 2023 in terms of uh, vessel deployment in terms of uh you know new ships uh new destinations reestablishing routes that were uh you know disrupted during the pandemic uh and we had one or two we had one in particular and i think it was jason liberty who said uh, uh you know the, the industry's back it is normal you know right now uh he's talking about normal load factors and instead of uh, ones that are compressed or, or, or altered as they were during the pandemic. So we had all of the best people to tell you what's going on in the cruise industry at this event. I thought that was remarkable in a way. Yeah, whether you sell tons of cruising or you sell one or anything, this is definitely an event you need to put on your radar in the cruise world. In, in the cruise world, yeah. So what really stood out to me, though, was, um, yeah, having the, the best, the top of the top, you know, the, the C-suite folks there is, is huge, you know, but stood out to me was helping advisors grow. You know, there were some really great workshops and panels, too. It was a mastermind panel on Wednesday with the VPs of sales of all the major cruise lines, and that was very ex- insightful. I heard some good feedback from advisors on that. And, and Brian, you actually moderated a panel out there, so shout out to you, man. Uh, it was all about the advisors mastering that perfect pitch. How was that? The perfect pitch was really fun. We got to have the some of these top sales and marketing executives talk about how they would position or how they would serve a client through various scenarios that were really well thought out. I mean, they had one that was a uh, uh, 50 and I don't remember the name of the category, but it represented me because I, I thought fifties to 60 and uh, the empty nester uh, kids have gone. Um, but you want to get together for a adult family getaway, which I mean, I do that with my son and his, and his fiance. So it was a terrific panel. We had really good input. And uh, the uh, my co-moderator, Nolan, uh, who is a, a, a travel advisor uh, person himself, uh, was terrific. So, I mean, it's it's fun to do. It's fun to do those events. And again, we again, we were able to get together and sit on a stage and talk through scenarios that travel agents really go through. And and, you know, what could be better than that? Exactly. Yeah. You need you need that you know, insightful information from the experts out there and the people that really know their products and the popular products that are being sold. So definitely important information for advisors out there. And and also on the main stage too at Cruise World, 
uh, five members of North Star Travel Group's Black Travel Advisory Board took the stage. And uh, this board, uh, their mission, the statement is it's devoted to the equitable representation of minority individuals within the travel industry with an impetus to recruit more black speakers, black attendees, and to launch new programs and initiatives that will make a positive difference in the travel industry. You know, it was an important discussion to be had as the travel industry definitely needs to improve in their diversity efforts. You know, people have come a long way since 2020, you know, and everything that happened with that and where we are today, there's still more work to be done. And that was kind of the message that was up there, um, that the improving the diversity efforts and, and in marketing to black travelers, especially in the cruise industry, which was as noted by board member Lawrence Pickney, CEO of Zen Benz Travel, former guest of the podcast as well. Lawrence is a great guy. So Brian, your thoughts on, on, on that? I think it is, you know, it is a necessary uh, the work of the Black Travel Advisory Board under North Star uh, that North Star, you know, initiated uh, rightfully and, and as a good measure, uh, is, has, it's been effective. Um, and this was just another example of that. Um, it wasn't full of um, uh, platitudes or you're, you're great about this or you're, or you're this or that. It's, it's more about uh, let's talk about solutions and let's talk about the actual status of what the, what's happening today in the travel industry in terms of diversity. And we had some really frank comments, you know, as well, but everybody talks to each other in a respectful manner. Um, I think the, I couldn't agree more with what several of the panelists said. It's to, it's to North Star's credit that they're doing this because not every, not every company is doing this. It's not as sexy as it once was. We know other issues break out across the world that that's the nature of things, you know? So, um, it's appreciated and uh you know it, it's just another it, it gives you confidence you know because the north star is handling it the right way and these folks who have tremendous credibility are the ones who are saying it so it was great it was great i was happy to be part of it yeah absolutely we got, got to keep the industry accountable and, and keep everyone on the right track because like you said it's not the sexy thing anymore and that was you know the trendy thing you put up your uh, black screens black on uh, and your profile pictures or whatever in 2020. And, you know, people talked about things then, but what are you doing now? And we, we need to continue that. It needs to you know, keep happening and the discussions need to be talked about, you know, constantly. So credit to North Star for you know, North putting, Star. This, they have putting this group together. We can, we can point to that we are actually doing in terms of having uh, diverse folks on panels like the one I was on, uh, represented at travel shows uh provided support where they where they where they might want it or or ask for it um so kudos yes the event cruise world was a great stage for that and it also saw a lot of big news that we did touch on tease a little bit so we're going to get into the big news uh the the cruise industry and the positive feelings towards the future of the industry and we'll start with uh royal caribbean's big news jason liberty president and ceo of royal caribbean group uh, said that his company was quite optimistic for the fourth quarter and going into 2023. The company released better than expected third quarter results on Thursday last week, uh, the day that Liberty took the stage. And he said, quote, I have pretty much dropped the iron curtain on the past. We are back to normal. Our business is back to normal. Sure, we'd like a couple more load factor points, but we sailed at 96% load factor in Q3, and we're going to be in similar position in Q4. I'm very excited just as an organization and us as an industry to spend our energy not on survival, but on delivering the best vacations in the world, end quote. So love to see that. I mean, positive vibes, positive feelings. We, we love that for the cruise industry. They, it was a tough go for a while, as we all know. So things are looking up there for Royal and things are going to be looking up even more for Norwegian Cruise Line as well, because they had the biggest news of the week for sure. And they're going to pay travel advisors commission on non-commissionable fares. 
And their CEO, uh, Frank Del Rio, of the parent company Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, told the crowd at the Cruise World that this, quote, this is quid pro quo. As nice as we are, this is not a giveaway. This is not a freebie. We expect something in return. And what we expect in return is more support from you. I don't get a kick out of spending millions, tens of millions on TV ads, radio ads, or billboards, or direct mail. I'd rather pay you guys. The math works wonderfully for everybody. So that, um, I will say, I do get a lot of direct mail from Norwegian Cruise Line from a previous <laughs> yeah. uh, family cruise I took, non-work-related things. So, you know, I think yeah. they all do direct mail and they all do a lot of email. I mean, uh, just speaking with advisors, you know, at industry events throughout the year, really, is like advisors get tons of emails from tons of suppliers and all everyone in the media and uh, just all their clients, too. So they're just bombarded with emails. So... Yeah, the, the fact that you can, you know, focus on that, focus, keep the focus on the advisors, you know, good for that. I did, as far as it relates to the NCFs, though, a, a friend and uh, travel advisor, Jesse Morris of We Book Travel, I reached out for his thoughts, and I want to read his quote here. And he said, quote, the recent announcement of Norwegian Cruise Lines paying commissions now on the entire cruise fares is fantastic. This is starting to become a trend and one I think will spread to most, if not all, other cruise lines. Virgin Voyages started with it, and Viking and now NCL and American Cruise Lines have all moved to this model. The obvious is that these lines are more profitable sale for advisors. Less obvious, though, is that where shorter and less expensive sailings that were once avoided because of the extremely low commissions, these will start to become more attractive to sell. NCFs and taxes left so little to have commission paid on, and so advisors avoided promoting or selling these options. This will be good for the cruise lines as advisors will be incented to fill the ships even when last minute price drops happen. End quote. So thanks for Jesse on his insight there. Brian, your thoughts on the NCF news? Well, first on Jesse, Jesse's comments. To all of that, perhaps. <laughs> I've won her, perhaps. I've covered cruises for more than 20 years. I'm a former CLIA official. Um, I can tell you that the cruise lines will not necessarily adopt each other's policies. Norwegian Cruise Line has made a, uh, has been actually was revolutionary in the industry and trailblazing in a number of areas. And in fact, they've done this, this exact program previously. So, and, and rescinded it after a while. Um, Frank Del Rio had, to his credit, has made it very straightforward what it is. Um, they're expecting you to submit a marketing plan. Uh, they're really asking you to work with them in their marketing department to market your agents to see how you mark your agency markets cruises and help you work better. So it's, it really is in a lot of ways a potential win-win. Is every line going to adopt it? I'll believe it when I see it. Um, those guys are obstinate about how they operate. Carnival is not going to operate like Royal Caribbean. Um, and, and another thing I will say is Vicki Fried once told me uh, the cruise lines are going to get business from wherever it comes from. So you're going to get direct mail, you're going to get travel agents, you're going to get advisors, but the, you know, advisors, you're going to get networks. Um, but the great thing is there's plenty of tonnage and lots of vacations to sell. There's enough to go around for everyone. There may be one great point that's uh, made that uh, certainly I, I agree with what he said, that the, 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 the level of a, uh, when you add in all of the factors of a cruise ticket, uh, the commission for low price, uh, voyages was just not there. It was not worth selling. It's not worth promoting. So that uh, didn't need to be addressed. So we'll see. We'll see how things shake out. But uh, it's a positive right now for agencies and a win-win. And, you, you know, if you're ready, partner with NCL. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's a positive in that direction. We'd love to see that. And I, I agree with you on, on this factor of they're maybe not all going to copy each other on this. We, we did see through the pandemic times and, you know, the cruise industries with one would follow suit with, you know, the changing of rules and everything with that. There was kind of a, you know, a, a mirror or a copycat, if you will, on that stuff. But, you know, you know, as as a Royal Caribbean groups, you know, Jason Liberty said that the Iron Curtain on the past, that's in the, that's, you know, to there me, you, you know, right there that you're not it, business is moving forward. We're back to, you know, I'd still say it's a new normal because the cruise lines put in a lot of safety stuff and then you've got to reshape that image and you've got to run with that, you know, and illness is not going to be a factor on ships. You know, you've got to move with that in, in marketing and positioning and, you know, especially grabbing those new cruisers and stuff, which is what, yeah. you know, gets us to Carnival Corpse. Uh, their new CEO, Josh Weinstein, said at the cruise industry, uh, the cruise industry is virtually back to full strength coming out of the pandemic. His message on was on getting advisors to help attracting the new to cruising type travelers that there are so many uh, there's so many of those people out there and it's and it's an advisor that's going to be the one to be able to get them on board some somewhere so that you, you need an advisor for the cruise aspect and, and cruise industries need advisors too because so much of cruise bookings comes from that advisor market absolutely no question about it especially when you're talking about you know the the, the higher end uh, uh customer who's uh doing uh royal caribbean's uh, uh the company's uh brands uh in the premium market and and for all of the brands you know they're all affiliated with a premium division and uh you know people get introduced to cruising on a royal caribbean brand often and then you know as time goes on they they may graduate up so it is a uh you know it, that has been the model traditionally so it seems they're able to get back to this. So, uh, you know, good news. Absolutely. Yeah, that was kind of my overall takeaway that, you know, cruising is back. Uh, cruising is building back strong. And it's important, you know, for advisors to to get on ships, whether you have a lot yeah. of experience with cruising Great or advice. not. So that was that was a big return to Cruise World this year. The ship tours were a huge hit, I heard. People were able to tour ships after the conference and uh, have that onboard experience, even if it was brief, you know, during an event like this. Yeah, but even if you can't not, sail, touring a ship is, you know, it's, you know, you get a feel, you get a feeling of the character. Exactly. We, we yeah. both, I think we both would agree. Yeah, it's very valuable for the advisor to, you know, be able to turn around and sell that for clients. So, yeah, also announced at Cruise World, one last thing here that will wrap up the cruise section, and then we're going to talk a little bit about air travel and uh, some destination news as well. So, uh, but I do have to mention cruise planners. They came out and said that they're going to offer clients trips to space. They announced a new partnership with Space Perspective to offer clients trips to space. The travel agency franchise network revealed it had reserved two full capsules scheduled to fly in 2025 and 2027 on spaceship Neptune. The spacecraft was designed to be, quote, the most accessible, most sustainable, and safest in the industry. Uh, cruise planners, this uh, quote from C their CEO, Michelle Fee, said, Cruise planners has always been a pioneer and at the forefront of innovation in the travel industry. We are excited for our advisors to be able to offer such a unique experience to their clients that pushes all boundaries of travel as we know it. So, Brian, are you cruising to space, man? Are you, are you staying on Earth? I appreciate the fact that a consumer can purchase a trip to space. So I am not anti-trip to space. Personally, I will not be traveling to space. Um, but I have a little perspective. I'm a lucky guy. I've actually flown on the Concorde twice. Hey, you know, in my travel background. So that's a, that's as far up as I. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's way higher than a normal flight. <laughs> and you can see, you know, a lot of stuff. It's beautiful, obviously, up there. But um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it to other people to to do that. I, I don't imagine it's inexpensive for one. And uh, Ooh, yeah. you know, but I, I think I think it's great that that you know, and through cruise planners, why why not? Yeah, 
yeah oh, have it Eric? have it secured for you um so uh, you know with this thing here i would i would go to space yes i'm not yeah, alone in okay. that there you know the talks cool. of a space hotel in the future um i would like go I, I would go for journalistic purposes and to tell the story i That's love a, stories i you know I, I live for that i would go for that and it would be a really cool experience but beyond that you know, work aside, if this is, you know, personal thing, I'm not, I'm not paying, I'm not spending that much money to go yeah. up into space. I'm not going to do that yeah. right away. You know, maybe when I am 80, I'm only 33 right now, you know, space technology <laughs> might be a little bit better, maybe a little safer yeah. so, when I'm, you know, up there, if mm-hmm. I, you know, am blessed to live that long in life, hopefully, you know, God willing, then yeah, I'll willingly go then and maybe pay my own money for that. But right now, you know, you know, the only way you'll catch me is in space is if I'm going for work. So shout out to uh, those space companies if you need some coverage. You know, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, when I when I flew on the Concorde, I got a look at the ticket, which I was it was part of work, so I didn't pay it. Obviously, this was the 1980s. Uh, it was uh, nine hundred bucks. No, not nine hundred. Nine. I was going to say 900. No, $9,000. Sorry. Okay. So I imagine that this thing is going to be more than $9,000. Oh, yeah. It's like six figures. I think the, I don't know about the Space (laughs) Neptune one. I know I remember um, they were talking about it at Virtuoso Travel Week, too. And it was like, yeah, six figures, like 200,000, 250,000. That's like to secure a spot or something. So, these are not exact number. I need to Google this. You can Google this stuff later too on the exact again, prices on this. I haven't ask. seen anything. Cruise Prime's release did not list a price, which, you know, not surprising, but you know, because it's a lot of people aren't gonna be able to afford that. So Yeah. We know we know pretty much already who can who can and can, you know, is a candidate for that, yeah. even without seeing the price, right? Indeed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. So moving over to air travel news though, we um TSA uh, pre-check their price dropped uh, like almost 10 bucks, eight bucks or whatever it was for uh, pre-check enrollment and renewal. So get on that if you don't have pre-check. Other air travel news, air passenger traffic is growing, which is great for the industry. Love to see that. IATA says that their air passenger traffic was up over 50% in September. So that's good there. But uh, what's not so great in the air travel space right now is a pilot strikes are possible. Last week, American Airlines pilots reportedly rejected the latest contract offer after apparently coming to terms just days before the proposal deal by American management would have given the pilots a 19% pay increase over two years. But union leaders for the Allied Pilots Association had repeatedly said they would not accept any offer below a 20% increase. And also last week, pilots at Delta voted to authorize a strike as contract talks between the union and the airline continue to erode. So Brian, this would not be good for the industry, any type of strike. Um, but what do you think, man? Odds? That, what are the odds you think any strike from a U.S. airline actually happens? Because it's been a long time since a U.S. airline strike has occurred. But, you know, these days, who knows what could happen, right? You're so right. You never know. To the, these days, you, you cannot say anything's not possible. I'd say there's a 15% chance which is way too, which is really may not sound aggressive, but I mean, as you said, this would be borderline disastrous for yeah. our industry. <laughs> you know, the last thing they need. I mean, we was already. So, a- uh, I know everybody recognizes that, but uh, still, like you said, anything can happen. And I think as much as the money, I mean, it's one point, right? They're talking about one point, I guess, in the news reports. But it's more yeah. about money. I, I'm, I know part of this is working conditions. These pilots have yeah. been stretched as thin as possible this last couple of years. And I mean, 
You know, they're like everybody else. They're yeah, for they need we need more pilots. That's for sure. So right. I they think need more pilots they are working more hours They're, You know, they're dealing with the same things we all are dealing with. And certainly for them, it's especially worse for them with the tense passenger passengers and and kind of uh, anything goes nature sometimes of what's happening yeah. in the airport. Um, you know, there's a lot to deal with and uh, to be a professional. So uh, I know they want to be, you know, I would imagine they want to be compensated in the way they want to be compensated so definitely yeah i, I we mean cannot afford an airline exactly we that's for the air pilot strike exactly that's why i you say 15 and i think that's even that's too much like i i, I no, think it's very low i think the odds are they're very low that this actually happens because the airlines simply just cannot afford it they already had a rough summer that was like the travel storyline over the summer it was the airlines talk and all the chaos and all that and that's the last thing you need because people just be like all right i'll go ahead and drive but you know no not question. not everyone ha- can do that because you know, we need air travel. And I think the airlines know that, that they like, they've got you, you know, cause they're, they've got such a product that hey, is, you know, what is, fantastic. What you we flying have? a plane, yeah. right. But at the same time, like you gotta, you know, respect your workers. You gotta keep them happy. You gotta, you know, make it not so chaotic and stressful for them. And, you know, if all it takes right now is just some money, you know, one extra percent increase there, then, you know, give it to them. That's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Others might disagree out there. I just, I think they're going to give in to what pilots want because it just cannot afford any sort of massive strike on that. People will remember that stuff. So we shall Very see, important. though, and time will tell on that. And, and other uh, airline news, though, United, they're, they're blocking some seats due to weight concerns. To better distribute weight balance on flight, United is blocking some seats on flights in the name of weight distribution. Brian, airplane seats are awful. They suck. I've talked about this a lot on the show, but here's just another example of why they need to change. You know, why not change the seat design instead of just blocking off seats? I mean, they're going to be putting little placards over the seat and rendering the seat belt useless and flight attendants have to monitor to make sure no one gets up and moves over to a seat because it's blocked. And like, that just seems ridiculous. Why not? Let's just reinvent the seat. But I, I, I could go on and on about airplane seats. I haven't previous podcasts. So, I mean, Brian, this is nuts, right? We know the answer to this one because you're right. I don't think there's any rational person who doesn't think that the airline seat should be redesigned, but is a revenue issue, (laughs) you know, and uh, there are shareholders and et cetera. So, I mean, that's what they would, that's what you would hear. Um, I think there's there's some kind of point that they can come into the middle, but uh, the airlines don't seem to want to make that a priority and it has real life, you know, implications. So it's not good. Indeed. So podcast at travelpulse.com. Let me know your thoughts on that and any of the stuff we've talked about. We'll wrap up the show here with some destination news. Today marks the one year anniversary of the U.S. border reopening for international tourism. Brian, uh, U.S. travel, you know, it's thriving and will only continue to grow uh, more as more international travelers make their way here. However, the strong dollar and looming recession could impact this a little bit. Your thoughts on the state of U.S. travel? Right. It's like uh, it's like a good news, bad news, like a lot of things today. You know, right. you know I mean, uh, on the positive side, uh, you know, we have uh, a wonderful uh, rebound of travel, uh, you know, in the U.S. and intra U.S. and, you know, from from overseas and within the U.S. and uh, great cities like New Orleans who wouldn't want to go to New Orleans. As you were talking about, you know, San Francisco, you know, another place I love the vacation and love to love to just travel to. I mean, all over our our country, uh, we have tremendous, you know, it's it's just tremendous how many travel opportunities we have. But 
times are tough. You know, we're, we're going to see how these elections turn out. And, uh, you know, there are uh, economic implications either way. Um, so uh, or whatever happens. Um, so I, I there's positives for the consumer, but there's a lot of uncertainty. Right. So we'll see. For sure. When it comes to the international traveler too, venturing their way over to the U.S. here, you got to look at how their economies and things are going as well. When we talk about looming recession and, you know, what type of vacations they're going to be taking, they're certainly going to want to get out and explore. But maybe are they going to stay, you know, the Europeans, are they going to just stay in Europe a little bit more than they did, you know, pre-pandemic times, at least for 2023 with money's tight? You know, they're going to you're going to face some of that. And we've, we've seen such a, a huge boost, you know, in U.S. tourism from domestic travelers. You know, the, con- the U.S. consumer has been staying home as well. You know, what's the storyline going to be like that in 2023? Because U.S. travel yeah. has posted some good numbers here in 2022. But, you know, storyline in 2023 is or more American travelers still going to be staying and going around the U.S. like they had been, you know, in 21 and 22 right. because of COVID. In, you know, coming out of the pandemic or, or are we going to be going over to Europe and helping things out over there? That'll be something to follow and very interesting, you know, throughout 2023. I still think, you know, U.S. travel is going to, you know, continue to post up really strong numbers for sure. But that uh, definitely intrigues me. And um, I, I don't have a, I have a crystal ball to be able to know how it's going to shake up, but it, it'll be it'll be interesting. So Absolutely. As we uh, close out the show here, we're going to let's do it. Let's do a Caribbean check in, man. We talked a little bit about, you know, some of the Caribbean winners here, but Caribbean Ooh. news front here, Brian's specialty. And it's uh, Bermuda. The big news of last Car- of Caribbean news last week outside of Travis stuff for sure. Uh, Bermuda said they're going to end pandemic era requirements on November 14th. So that's great there. So, Brian, you know, what, what is the latest with Caribbean and, and travel restrictions? Anyone in the Caribbean still have tough restrictions for folks? It's pretty much mostly relaxed at this point, right? Pretty much, uh, mostly relaxed. The because uh, I, I, I think Bonaire might be one of the ones that is uh, still, uh, you know, under some restrictions. But uh, don't hold me to that. Uh, I'm, I'm checking on that right now. But uh, pretty much across the uh, across the region, restrictions have been uh, uh, eliminated and uh, and ease even in the most restrictive countries which are like cayman islands and anguilla have uh, have dropped their restrictions some of the smaller islands where their health situation is a little more closely watched uh, uh so they were a little more cautious coming out um so uh, martinique as well uh so we are at a point where people are back you know we're, we're back and you're able to go there and you don't have to fill out forms and you don't have to register you know, on the website necessarily beforehand. Some you still do, but it's certainly not submitting any forms or anything like that. It's really just a confirmation of your error arrangements. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so uh, the the picture is pretty good in, in the region. Love to hear that, man. We, we you, love are you always. Are you are you planning any Caribbean travel there? Not at the moment. I don't know what 2023 has in store. Obviously, I got to get back to the Caribbean at least once every year. I feel like, you know, it's just it's good for my soul, I will say. And if you've never been out there, then you, you are awaiting such um, glorious locations and scenery and food and people. And there's so much to love about the Caribbean. Um, I don't actually know if uh, I'm yeah. sure I'll be. I don't know where. But yeah, I'm sure I'll be somewhere there in 2023. I do have my last trip of the year, though, you know, talking about tra- upcoming travels and everything. It's uh, I go to New York City this uh, coming week and for some TV interviews to talk about the Travis and the winners and all that stuff. And then after that, I do not have any trips the rest of the year because I'm shutting her down because I'm getting ready 
for Baby Bowman number two. Baby Boy is scheduled right. to arrive. Yeah, <laughs> man, I'm really excited. So Baby Boy is scheduled to arrive in the beginning of December. So I'll just be out all of December. So we'll have fewer shows there. But don't worry, we still have some shows coming up in the podcast here uh, for the rest of November. So some good insightful stuff. We're going to be talking all-inclusives next week and then holiday travel outlook as well. So looking forward to that. And um, Brian, man, any any closing words of advice or wisdom you want to pass on to all our travel uh, listeners out there? Thanks for joining the show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Just, uh, you know, get out there if you're able to and and enjoy you know what's what's going on because we see this resurgence of travel and I've I've been to Aruba and I've been in in Puerto Rico and I've been uh uh in uh the Bahamas uh you know since uh since within the last year and let me tell you the the sense of reward that comes from travel is still there you know I mean it really especially in our stressful and difficult times if you're able to really get away and to be with the people you love even better you know um you're gonna have you appreciate it even more <laughs> after what we've all gone through so uh keep see keep getting out there I know I will absolutely man that's that's a great advice just keep on traveling any way you can even if it's only local travel is just right. it's good for the mental health and it's good for our souls so Get out there and explore the world, folks. That does it for this week's episode. Thank you again, Brian, for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. Always happy to join you. Absolutely. (laughs) And be on the lookout, folks, for the Caribbean podcast returning to Travel Pulse in 2023. So that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a great week. 